coming up in this show. There's three reasons why organizations fail. There's a, there's a failure to anticipate, a failure to learn from the past, and a failure to be adaptable to the situation that's ongoing right now. You can get one of those wrong, i.e. not anticipate something, but if you're highly adaptable and you know what you got wrong in the past, you'll, you'll get past it okay. If you want to find out more, I suggest you listen to the rest of the show. I'm Dom Hawes, and that was Chris Payton from Quirk Solutions, which is a specialist consultancy that helps businesses improve decision-making, collaboration, and performance. Now, if you listen to more Kingston Smith's Paul Winterflood in episode nine, you'll have heard him say that one way agencies and marketers can prepare for the future is by wargaming. So as it happens, just a few weeks before we recorded that episode, I attended a webinar where Chris talked about, you guessed, wargaming. So we pinged him on LinkedIn, he came straight to the studio, and Simon Quarrenden, my co-host and I, are now delighted to welcome him to the show. Chris, this is going to be a goodie, I think. Good morning, gents. Very pleased to be with you. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about Quirk, because that'll set the background for our conversation. Sure. As you'd expect with something aligned around wargaming and knowledge of it, I I am ex-military. I served for just over 18 years as an officer in the Royal Marines, and I left as the head of Afghan strategy to the David Cameron government, responsible for designing the extraction plan of UK combat troops and all the equipment. And I bounced eight years ago into what I do now, which essentially is helping organizations to run and to facilitate their own pressure tests, their own war games, and get them right. The furlough scheme is winding down, and there's a load of staff across the creative sector, both in-house and in agency, who've been furloughed, who are going to have to come back to work because the government's going to stop shelling out for them, but agencies may not be able to afford them. So the context for today was, how would an agency go about wargaming the future and looking at the various different scenarios and the what-ifs? There are different ways of going about it. Some organizations will create a plan, a plan that they think will make them robust for the future, and then they will game that plan to see where the gaps and weaknesses in the plan are. Others run scenarios on the future and different plans against those scenarios. So you've got different options analysis. And to give you an example of that, we did some work with Shell when they were planning to decommission all the Brent oil fields. So it's a huge undertaking. Um, And this is several years ago now, and they were right at the very start of the process of considering how to do it. And they broadly had a series of options, three options that they could run with. So they gamed each one of those independently. So they then had a really good comparison between the three as to which was the most risky, which seemed to get the most traction with people, which was the most expensive, which was the most challenging technically. And they were then able to work out which element they wanted to go with. And inevitably, as often happens, you don't end up picking option A, B or C, but a hybrid of bits of all of it. Because as you've gone through the testing process, you found, oh, I really like that. Oh, I... I like that bit there. Let's let's can we combine those two together? And I personally think that's one of the better ways to to do it. Okay, you outlined to us a series of games or ways that you would exert these pressure tests or put people under pressure. How, how do they work? There's lots of different types of pressure test or game, and they will all give you subtly different outputs and are best used in certain situations. So if you are wanting to win an internal audience over or, or an external audience as well, we would run a test called a red team, blue team approach, 
where you have a blue team that is quite small, maybe two, three people maximum, and they are championing the plan. They're championing the initiative and saying, this is what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, why we're doing what we're doing, what the outcomes are going to be. And essentially, they roll the plan out conceptually from day zero. And challenging them positively as well as negatively is a, is a red team who are made up of all the different stakeholders will be affected by that plan. So in terms of a marketing launch or something like that, this is a really good test to do because on the red team, you could bring in potential clients, clients that you know, that you trust, that you like. And certainly when we did this type of red team, blue team test for Mercedes launching one of their new vehicles and it was an electric vehicle that they were looking at that hadn't gone so well previously, that's exactly what we did. We encouraged them to bring in some of the end clients and the end clients were then able to give them feedback on what they thought of the vehicle. So not only do you get that 360 degree view and a look at how the plan might work in reality, you're doing it in advance in a safe space where you're not costing yourselves money through mistakes. But most importantly, I think from a marketing perspective, in this type of test, you're getting the end client on side. The client is essentially co-designing the final solution with you in the end result that you're looking for. That's one particular type of test and might work very well for yourselves. Okay, Simon, it's really important. You're always talking to us internally about the importance of getting close to our clients, understanding our clients. So this seems to me like a really good exercise on that side. If you were running an agency now and you were facing the autumn of unknowns and you were looking at different scenarios, that kind of red-blue pressure test, it seems also a really good way for us to make mistakes early and learn, which is something we've been talking a lot about lately too. How would you be applying this kind of stuff? Well, I find it fascinating, if only because it ticks so many different boxes that people haven't been exposed to before. And really, you know, number one, everybody that turns up, I suspect, has got to be absolutely kind of flexible to the nth degree. Um, and they've got to kind of leave their preconditions and preconceptions at the front door. Because as you say, they might, they might arrive with plan A uh, and go out with, with, with plan Z, which looks completely different, but is a better plan as a result of it. What attitude should people bring to the party when they arrive at these things? You're quite right, Simon. When we first started doing games and when I first left the military, I made the absolute mistake of presuming that people would prepare in advance as they'd been asked to do. But the amount of people who are just walking into the room asking, what's this meeting? Where am I from? You know, what are we meant to be doing? And it, you just, it's just a car crash because you end up trying to get people into just the detail to start off with, never mind the behaviors and the approaches that you want. One of the things that I have learned over the nine, 10 years of doing this commercially now in all sorts of sectors, all sorts of scales and sizes is the preparation and the design phase for a game is hugely important in advance. Working out what you want as the output from the game is important because that then defines who is going to take part on the day. You then need to work with those people in advance of the session to help educate them on exactly what you brought up, the behaviors that you're looking for on the day, the attitudes that you're looking for. You need to build a relationship with them as the facilitator so that when they're in that room on the day, they feel they can trust you as the facilitator and they're willing to put their head above the parapet and say, well, hang on a minute, what about this? The other benefit of doing that preparation phase as a facilitator, though, is that sometimes people will kind of confess the issues that they're concerned about to us during that preparation piece. But in the game themselves, you can see them clamming up and not wanting to take part. So often I will then, as a facilitator, say, well, I was just thinking, you know, as a layman, 
surely if you do it like this, this is what's going to happen. Am I right? And and I actually throw in the grenade, if you like, into the room for them to deal with. And I protected that individual. So that design preparation thinking phase to get everybody ready to walk in through the door is hugely important. I see too many organizations saying, we're going to do a war game. And they just bring people into the room and say, right, let's challenge the plan. Let's critique the plan. And it's a catastrophe because you haven't set the psychological safe space where people feel comfortable to exchange those views because people feel personally attached and emotionally attached to certain issues. Yeah, and that's an interesting, it's, it's an interesting point, particularly when dealing with creative agencies who, who clearly pride themselves on their creativity and rightly so, but they kind of see their creativity as a sort of the, you know, the magic, the magic pixie dust. It's, it's, it's they, they own it and they're very precious about it. And they, there's this kind of big reveal type, you know, we're, we're brought up from a creative agency perspective that, you know, you don't show the client anything until, you, you know, the pitch and then the big idea comes out. That increasingly is falling flat on its face because the client is saying, oh, if only you'd taken us into our confidence, you know, we would have told you that that idea is not going to work. And by the way, we've wasted a lot of time now. So I could see how this wargaming concept could really act as a way of A, introducing the clients into the, the actual planning process a lot sooner, B, allowing the client to see the way the agency thinks. And that's really quite important. But actually the creative element is just like, you know, an outcome of, the, of that process. It's up to the agencies to let go. You know, they're going to have to kind of almost trust their clients and show them weaknesses. It's quite an interesting kind of mind shift for the agencies to undergo if they're going to embrace this successfully. But I'm really excited about trying to get Sylvie Anderson team to do just that. As, as you know, briefly mentioned just there, that it's you know, it's 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 something that you can't just suddenly introduce. And, and I wouldn't expect Selby Anderson or any any other agency, frankly, to just suddenly say, right, we are going to run a game with a client in the room. My advice would be for you to run some practice sessions first internally with people still playing the different roles, somebody playing the client, but maybe picking a historical example, pick a campaign that didn't go particularly well. And game that historical example and see how you might have done it differently through the game. It's, it's about getting people familiar and comfortable with the game before you actually take the step of involving the client. Because you're not just going to be involving the client if you get this right. You're also going to be involving any suppliers that you have, any outsourced agencies that you have supporting you in terms of web design or anything else like that. You're going to hopefully represent all of the internal functions of your own agency from you know finance and HR and all sorts because there's going to be lots of different aspects to this. So the whole idea is that you're trying to create this sort of 360 degree test. Now, as I mentioned previously, that is one that I could see working well for marketing agencies in terms of client contact and selling an idea almost and co-collaborating to co-design a solution that works for everybody. But there are other tests which might well work just purely internally for an agency or a business um, that, are, that are very popular, like a pre-mortem. The pre-mortem is a really super powerful one that I've seen used a lot just for internal audience only to say, right, have we got this right or not? In the current climate, marketing is hard. But do you know what isn't hard? Making sure you never miss an episode of your favourite podcast. So tap the follow button on your podcast and you'll never miss out on the latest episodes of Unicorny or Marketing Difference. You can even go back and listen to our back catalogue of amazing episodes. If you do that, please leave us a review. It would mean so much. We both know you're spending too much time and money on things you don't like doing. 
Things like accounting, HR, IT and admin. That's because 9 out of 10 agency leaders just like you do exactly the same thing. At Drumhorse, we love the dull stuff agency leaders loathe. Outsource the dullery to us and we'll save you money too. So, to save time, save money and get your happiness back, visit drumhorse.co.uk. I think what's really interesting to me here is that, that any kind of gaming like this, as you say, that the, the concept of psychological safety is something that we, Simon and I talk about a lot and is definitely in our 2021 plan about how we implement that as a core part of our culture as a group. There's a mindset within a lot of agencies that they have the answers. Clients come to us and out of a box, we'll present something that works. And that's not reality. There is no part of life like that. But we're asking people to have that shift that understands that it's okay to show vulnerability. It's okay to say, I don't have an answer, but I know how to get an answer. And I think for a lot of agencies, that's quite a big challenge. And I understand why you say a pre-mortem might be internal only, because that's a getting people, I guess, to acknowledge weaknesses or mistakes that haven't yet happened, but might happen because of gaps of knowledge or inexperience or other areas. A pre-mortem, how does it kind of work? The pre-mortem is almost 180 degrees different from the red team, blue team approach. The red team, blue team approach, essentially you start at day zero of the plan and you start to work it out over time and, and you predict through that where the speed bumps might be and what you might do about it. The pre-mortem, you go to the end of what the plan was meant to achieve. So let's say we're going to do some sort of new launch for a new client and um, it's going to be complete in 18 months time. We imagine that we are at that 18 months point and it's been an absolute catastrophe. What we then do is we get everybody in the room to give reasons why that failure would have happened, why that catastrophe has happened. And we go around the room a couple of times until everybody's given reasons why it might have happened. And then you shift quite quickly then to, right, so what are we going to do about this? So you shift then to, well, which are the biggest problems that we've identified? Which are the niff naff and trivia that we're comfortable with? Now, of those biggest problems, how are we going to mitigate against those? What are the actions we're going to take? So it's a way of going to the end and then working your way backwards. But the pre-mortem is very powerful. It's very efficient. It's very effective. But it is more or less worst case scenario. Whereas your red team, blue team approaches gives you more subtle, more likely course of action. So it very much as it depends, as I said earlier on, what outcome you want. And therefore, it's really important to design that in at the start. Okay, so for an agency owner or a managing director right now that's trying to look at some scenario planning, let's say for, for the autumn or winter, sounds to me like a red team, blue team might be an appropriate way for them to think. Yeah, it's, it's uh, the red team, blue team one is, is absolutely going to give them a, a lot of granular detail that will really help them make better decisions. But it does take a bit of design time. It takes a lot of preparation time. The pre-mortem is a bit quicker to bring to speed. And it's also probably the easier one to use for the first time people are starting to even use any type of pressure test. So either is going to be fine. But if I was going to be doing the red team, blue team approach, I would seek some advice and get some external help to put that one in place because you don't want to bring people into the room and deliver an absolute car crash of a workshop because then nobody's going to engage with it in the future. I'm fascinated at the idea that this particular concept, you know, it's like a kind of a cold shower for a agency manager to say, here's a bunch of stuff that you've never had to think about before, but guess what? 
it is now you know, very much in your remit. You are the leader. You've got to start thinking about this stuff. The trouble is it's almost, again, iceberg stuff. 90% of it's hidden from view. We're forcing you to think about things, A, you don't want to think about, and B, may never happen. And that's really difficult because by their very nature, uh, creative agency leaders want to get on and do good work and have enjoyable relationships with staff and clients. Do, do people come away as a changed person because they have a heightened awareness of risk? Yes, yeah, so there's, there's three reasons why organisations fail. There's a, there's a failure to anticipate, a failure to learn from the past, and a failure to be adaptable to the situation that's ongoing right now. You can get one of those wrong, i.e. not anticipate something, but if you're highly adaptable and you know what you got wrong in the past, you'll, you'll get past it okay. If you get too wrong, i.e. you're not particularly anticipatory and you haven't really learned from the past, you're relying entirely on your adaptability. And having worked with a couple of creative agencies, I hate to say it, but that is where they tend to play. They rely on the fact that they are so adaptable, they're so creative, they're so innovative, that they've always dug themselves out of problems in the past and they always will. So this helps people start to anticipate but also by default of the discussions that you're having, it helps you learn from the past. So yes, it does improve and enhance people's vision, if you like, across the organization and, and their experience and what they can bring to the team. So it's as well as a way of improving the plan, it's also a way of upskilling the team and making the organization a lot higher performance, particularly because, as you, as you rightly bring out, Simon, it brings out that trust as well and that confidence it pulls the team so much tighter together and people have got a much better understanding of where we're going and what we're going to do. So you can switch to plan A, B or Z with a lot more tempo because everybody has been in the room and listened to what those plans are and what those solutions might be. Chris, thank you so much. That has been fascinating. I'd love to talk more, but we've kind of come to, we've run out of time. Well, there you have it. That's the end of another show. We'd love you to subscribe to our podcast by going to marketingtrek.co.uk or finding us on, get ready for it, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Podcast Addict, Podbean, Podchaser, iHeartRadio, Deezer, YouTube, you name it. Any good podcast outlet should have us by now. I'm Dominic Hawes. He is Simon Quarrenden, and we were joined today by Chris Payton from Quirk Solutions. You can find out more by going to marketingtrek.co.uk and there we will link both Chris and his company. Today, we really are out of time. So thank you for listening. And until next time. Marketing Trek is brought to you by Selby Anderson. <laughs>